Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of my podcast, Outspoken. Um, I'm shifting gears quite a bit from the last podcast I um, I had on here, um, and I'm doing so because I feel like I could perhaps do a little bit more good this way than um, with the subject matter of my previous podcast. So um, this podcast will be uh, more about some of today's issues and some of today's situations and my take on said issues and situations. Most of it, here's a bit of a disclaimer, most of it will be my personal opinion and how I see things. Um, And some of it will be, um, it'll be mixed with, I should say, it will be mixed with information that has come to me. So it will be mostly my opinion, but I will also do my best to present information at the same time. So we've made it to 2021. Uh, We all survived the unsurvivable (laughs) year of 2020. So good for us. Um, But I would just like to talk about, um, and this is also a little bit more about why I'm starting this podcast. I would like to just sort of, um, to get started, give my year of 2020 and kind of what happened and uh, what happened in my life and um, some things that kind of urged this along and just things that were just unimaginable to me. Um, it was a hard year for us all. We dealt with a lot of stuff. We dealt with, um, being told that we were going to do things this way and we had no choice about it. Um, from mask mandates to shutdowns to travel bans and all of it, we were not given a choice in any of it, hardly. Um... And the saddest part to me is that as a majority, um, yes, there were those of us who disagreed with it. Yes, there were those of us who traveled anyway against the, against the travel ban and didn't wear a mask against, um, the mask orders and didn't stay home against the stay at home orders. And that's good. Um, because there has to be some life that continues even through crisis. Um, but to me, the saddest part is, a majority of us, it seems, rolled over and did nothing and just took it. Um, so that's uh, where I'm at. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more right now. So um, 2020 is over. Most of us survived. And we can all agree that 2020 was the weirdest and most expected unexpected year of our lifetime. It is certainly in my lifetime. Um, for most of us, uh, all of us dreaded the coronavirus during the 2020. There was panic, there was panic buying, there were lockdowns, masks, travel bans, stimulus checks, stay-at-home orders, and every other phrase and pious solidarity statement that we're sick of hearing, such as, we're all in this together. We're all sick of hearing that kind of stuff by now, I would hope. Um, 
So I went into the new year um, from 2019 to 2020 knowing that it was going to probably be a tumultuous and heated year because it was, in fact, an election year. And the Democrats have been waiting for this year since Trump's election in 2016. Um, so from December of 2019 to February of 2020, if, if I'm correct in my timeline there, I listened to the Democrats uh, speak of impeachment and actually impeach Trump on February uh, 5th, uh, 2020. And I came home from work and turned on the TV and watched the Senate acquit him of the charges of abuse of power and obstruction of justice. Those were the articles of impeachment introduced by um, Pelosi, I believe, in the 2020 impeachment. Um, and those of us who are sane know that those charges were absolutely ludicrous. And just over a month later, if I'm correct, um, the coronavirus hit, right? Uh, the governor of my lovely state of Washington immediately went on a ridiculous power grab and flexed his muscles by implementing a two-week mask mandate and lockdown, I think. Um, he told us it would just be two weeks. I'm doing this for two weeks. And then he extended it another two weeks. So now if you're Paying attention, we've had this situation for a month now at this point. And then, of course, he pushed it out further. Um, which seemed, to me, a plain overstep of his job description. To me, it was, I saw it as him coming into our lifestyle, throwing a wrench into... Our, our livelihood and life as we knew it. Businesses were shutting down and cutting uh, capacity levels in half um, and things like that. Uh, let's see. And to me, it, it seemed odd because look at the healthcare setup the government gives us, right? Since when have they cared about our individual health? Never. L literally never, right? The healthcare plans... And things that they give us are designed to keep us in that system. Pharmaceuticals doesn't create a cure. They create treatments because if they created cures, they would have no patients, right? So, that being said, I remember thinking, since when has the government ever cared about our health and keeping us safe from things like this? And it wasn't until a few months later that it hit me that the timing of the COVID-19 outbreak was just a little too convenient. Um, by the end of the second week in March, I was sent home from work because I was a non-essential worker. Little did I know, I would be sitting at home for almost two months. Two months I sat at home. And at this point, I knew we were being told COVID-19 was spreading and we were all going to die, blah, 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 right? It's spreading like wildfire. Just look at these numbers going up. Um, we're not sure how, you know, we're not sure if there's anything that can be done to um, 
at home to deal with it. Here's, it was basically from what I saw, correct me if I'm wrong, from what I saw, it was, here's the symptoms you should be looking out for, here's how many people are being affected, here's how many people have died, have a good day, right? Nothing, nothing did I see about drink plenty of fluids, take your temperature if you feel uh, if you're feeling that you have these symptoms, take your temperature, vitamin C, vitamin D, hydrochloroquine, which is, if I'm saying that correctly, quinine, basically. Quinine is good for just about anything, but, of course, we all know that we were being told that that was not going to work, which it did, but there was nothing about prevention other than mask and stay at home. It was nothing, if you are sick, here's what to do. You know, so we were being told that it, we were all going to die and blah, blah, blah. I wasn't worried, right? I wasn't worried because I had seen things like this come and go within a matter of weeks. Um, H1N1. I saw H1N1 and how we never had mask mandates. We never had shutdowns. All we knew was that there were things that were spreading, right? We never had any of that with H1N1. And so I knew, you know, Zika, vi Zika virus, take it, all of these things. I assumed it was just another obsession of the media that would wear off within a few weeks and we would move on. And I was wrong, of course. The day after I was sent home, I decided to travel to Georgia with my mom to be with my sister, uh, who was going to have a baby. And we spent two weeks there. And while we were there, my mom tried to convince me to apply for un unemployment. I recoiled from this idea most emphatically because um, I had heard people saying that they were trying to get onto this website and apply for their unemployment. And these were people who would be worse off than I was. Um, I have a job that I've had for the last six years that I actually got in high school that I have kept on my own. This is pretty much the only job I've ever had. I got it by myself. I've kept it by myself. However, I am still living with my mom, my mom and dad, which is why, partly why I felt I didn't need unemployment. I knew that there were people who were worse off than I was because of what was happening to them, right? So, and I was not going to be part of the statistic of going on unemployment. I realize unemployment is different than welfare, but the way I saw it, um, I rejected this idea because I had a job. I still had a job. Um, I was just laid off. I was just sent home. I knew that I was going to go back. And if they didn't let me back, that was a different story. But they did, and I had nothing to worry about. I didn't need, and I didn't want money from the government. And I still don't. But that's, that's another situation. When we got home from Georgia... Um, by this time, the governor had extended his stay-at-home orders until the end of April. We came home the beginning of April, and he extended his stay-at-home shutdown thing to the end of the month and possibly into the beginning of May. His justification for this was that it's just a few weeks, and we're all in this together, and people ate it up. They ate it up. Um, I began to think, and I actually said a couple of times in passing conversations, that he was just testing the waters. 
I, I suspected that he was testing the waters to see if at any point he was going to be challenged. And I suspect that if he had been, he would have run home with his tail between his legs. If we had slapped him on the wrist and said, nope, we're not going to, we're not going to do that. We've already obeyed your stay at home orders for past the two weeks you said it would be. And we're just fine, right? We're just fine. And we can't keep living like this, right? I was hoping that would happen, but it didn't. So I suspected he was testing the waters. Call me a conspiracy theorist. But I had a feeling he was seeing what he could get away with instead of just coming right out and shutting us down indefinitely, which he wanted to do, I think, and which he actually eventually said he was going to do. Um, and I was beginning to grow somewhat suspicious of this COVID-19 garbage that was being shoved down our throat. Um, but I still hadn't gotten that goosebumps, the bad feeling in the pit of your stomach, the revelation of, oh my goodness, this is what's really happening moment yet. I still hadn't had that feeling. Um, I even saw the governor giving a press re uh, conference while ignoring his own mask mandate order and then saying verbatim, this is what he said, because I heard it in the video. No one will ever convince me that he didn't say this. The only reason, he said, I'm not wearing a mask is because of the First Amendment. And I, I almost threw up. I eventually went back to work in May. But let's let's back up really quick. When he said that, everyone, everyone um, was shocked that he would say something like that you're ignoring your own order that you're expecting us to live under and you're saying that it's because of the first amendment but you belong to a party he's a democrat you belong to a party that believes that the constitution is something to be uh uh, I don't know, shirked off because of, it was written by, you know, it was written so long ago by slave-owning racists and blah, blah, blah. So I thought it was interesting that he cited the Constitution, the amendment, the First Amendment of the Constitution, which is freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, freedom of, um, oh my gosh, freedom of the press, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion, freedom of speech, um, so I thought, wait a minute, you are claiming the first amendment and saying that that is your out for disobeying an order that you've given the rest of us. So if you are claiming it, and if you get upset, if any of us claim it, you are saying, if I were to say, okay. So if you are claiming the First Amendment and saying that you don't have to wear your mask in this situation because of the First Amendment, then I don't either. And if you were to say, yes, you do, it's an order, then you would be telling me that your ability to claim the First Amendment, 
your right to the First Amendment is more valid than mine because I am the citizen and you're the governor, right? That That's just how I saw it. That's just how I saw it. So, I eventually went back to work in May of 2020 to find it a very different place. Um, I work at a vet clinic. People originally would bring their animals in. They would come back to the treatment area with us, to the exam room with us. We would all be, you know, no six feet apart, no masks, no nothing, just months before. Um, and it was all changed now. But the reason I went back was because I had to finish the externship. I was in the middle of school, and I had to finish my externship. Um, and I took initiative after almost two months, and I went back to work to finish school, and I've been back ever since. It was shortly after this that I heard mentions of a miracle vaccine that would be coming out and will be available to the public within six to eight months. And the virus should subside by the fall and it would run its course and we'd all be fine. Ironically, just in time for the election. Right? How convenient. This was it. This was it. This is when I got the bad feeling in the pit of my stomach. Am I really watching this happen? Oh my gosh. Revelation moment. I stood in front of the TV and the hair on the back of my neck stood up because I was thinking something's going to happen. Something that's not even about the virus is going to happen. I wasn't sure what, but I knew something was going to go down. And it was at this moment I became worried for the first time on account of the virus. Not I was never worried about catching it, and I'm still not. If I catch it, I catch it. I'm young. I'm healthy. Ninety. It's a 99% survival rate, right? I've never been worried about catching it. But I was worried about the virus at this point because I know how vaccines work. I work in veterinary medicine. People come in to vaccinate their animals all the time. I have studied i'm not a vet but i've studied vaccines i have to have a basic knowledge of what they are how they work how they're tested how they come about and i know yes it's possible to develop a vaccine in that uh, uh, amount of time it's possible it's not necessarily always safe however you will never have a vaccine that is 100 percent effective 100 percent of the time so, I was worried um, about what was going to be done to our country because I realized that that would bring us right to election. And I knew that a vaccine that was rushed and pushed through and pushed out and and expedited around the proper testing channels clinical trials, um, things like that would not be safe and would barely be effective. Um, so, and, and these people, Fauci, Pelosi, um, people speaking from Wuhan, the doctors who came out and said, oh, it's going to be fine. We're going to develop this and things like that. It occurred to me that the virus had just become 100 times more dangerous, 100 times more dangerous because it had been politicized. We had created 
a monster. They were now, it, it occurred to me now that this virus, albeit real, was being used for political reasons. This was, the way I saw it, this was the filler in the months remaining between the impeachment, which failed miserably, and the election. This was the filler. This was the distraction. This was the uh, way to subdue us. So, fast forward a few months, I find out that my college graduation, I'd finished college by now, and my externship, my graduation had been postponed due, of course, to the virus from June, which is when most graduations take place, until September. I was bummed, but, you know, I wasn't too upset because at least they didn't cancel it, right? And we began making plans to fly. It's um, my, I did school online, but the campus is located in Pennsylvania, so um, it is an online program. The fact that I did it online had nothing whatsoever to do with the virus because um, it's an online school. Uh, we began plans to fly to Pennsylvania so I could attend graduation. I bought a cap and gown. I marked myself um, off of work for on the schedule for the week um, of graduation, the whole nine yards, and sat back and waited for the time to arrive. Meanwhile, I spent the summer working and riding my horse, um, getting her ready to do Western Games at our local fair, which is coming up in August of 2020. But everything, literally everything, went down the drain. All of it. And not just for me, of course, but for everyone, right? Lots and lots and lots of people encountered these types of situations. I'm just sharing my situation. So our community days were canceled. Um, we usually have this, um, I think it goes on for the better part of a week. Um, businesses in, in the community come out. We have a parade. We have, uh, you know, games. We have, uh, we set up booths on the courthouse lawn. It's, it's like a mini fair. It's like this week-long festival that we have. They canceled it, and we've done it forever. They canceled it. They canceled 4th of July events. Events that were celebrating our nation's freedom and our nation's independence were canceled as some of our freedoms were being choked to death. I found that ironic. So, our fair and rodeo, which I had been preparing for, were canceled. But sadder than that, our 4-H and FFA projects were dead in the water because all the time and effort that our 4-H and FFA kids and their parents had put into market animals, the goats, the sheep, the pigs, the beef that they sell every year, were um, down the drain. They they did eventually allow them to do an online auction, which I found freaking hilarious. But my graduation was canceled with no hopes of being rescheduled. Uh, another rodeo out of town, which I had a huge rodeo, is actually the Pendleton Roundup in uh, Oregon, in Pendleton, about an hour and a half away from me. Um, I had been planning to attend it since the year before, since 2019, and it was canceled. This thing has been going on for ages, ages, and they canceled it. It's been canceled maybe a handful of times. 
you could probably count on one hand the number of times this thing has been canceled in the 100, maybe 150 years it's been going on. I watched businesses in my small town drowned. And no one did anything about it. The list could go on and on for all of us. But what were we told? Hang in there, guys. Right? We're all in this together. Welcome to a new normal. And it was all crap. It was all crap. Right? They never intended it to end. So, now it's November 3rd. Right? Election Day. We're all waiting for the votes to be counted and this whole thing to be over so we can move on. And I must say, I really did think that perhaps after the election, the whole shutdown, coronavirus, pandemic would just fizzle out, finally, and things would go back to normal, sort of. Right? But of course, we were wrong. <laughs> and we know now that that didn't exactly happen. With the fraud and what have you. I knew things weren't right on election night when they began talking about stopping the ballot counting and going home for the night. Those who were counting the ballots were going home for the night. In, you know, quote, quote, that's what they said. Of course, we know that that's not true. And for those of you who would say that there was no fraud and that everyone did go home for the night and then everything was on the level, go to YouTube, go to, well, actually, probably not Facebook, um, go to MeWe, um, go to Google and look up the surveillance video footage that they have of people coming back to the buildings after they said they had gone home for the night. Look up the, the, videos that they didn't know were being taken of them planning to do this. So that's, that's a discussion for another time. But, um, I knew things weren't right when they talked about going home at 10 o'clock at night. It supposedly, in fact, it might've taken them the rest of the week to finish counting ballots. Oh man, it, it could take us, oh gosh, I don't know, the rest of the week, a couple days at least. Uh, no, that was a gigantic red flag for me, and it should have been for you as well. I'm no expert on tabulation, um, on, you know, uh, protocol, counting ballots, you know, but I, I didn't vote in the Obama elections. I was too young still. I was still a teenager, but I remember watching both of those elections and I actually did vote uh, in the 2016 election I voted for Trump and I remember how that one went as well with the counting I remember both of the Obama elections and they didn't as far as I know stop counting the ballots overnight perhaps it was because they decided to call it before it got to that point I'm open to correction if I'm wrong but I don't remember anything like that happening. And if it did, it was wrong. Okay? The people who signed up to be ballot counters owe it to the rest of us to get the job done as efficiently and quickly as possible and to remain transparent. Because we all know none of that happened. They weren't transparent. Right? 
They weren't efficient. They weren't honest in this election. And I have a very simple solution to that little problem. Very simple. So simple, a child could think of it. Okay? If you are having the problem of having to stop counting for the night because it's getting too late and we're tired and we want to go home, you hire a night crew. Done. That's it. Problem solved. You divide the day into different shifts covering the whole 24-hour day and you assign people to each shift to cover the full day. That's all you have to do. Of course, we know why they couldn't do that because their plan to rig the election would have gone down the drain and it wouldn't have gone off so easily. But you you hire a night crew. This is important stuff. This is important stuff. Okay? And you don't mess around with it. You don't mess around with it. Um, if they had done that, it would have been... More, more believable, I guess it would, I, I guess, is, is the thing. I personally believe that the race was called before 10 p.m. for Trump. I believe, hands down, based on what I've seen, what I saw, and what I've heard, I believe, hands down, that Donald Trump won re-election well before 10 p.m. Well before 10 p.m. So, all that being said, we've lost a year out of our lives that we will never get back. We've missed out on weddings, births, funerals for our family members, celebrations, all of the things that make life, life. And if that doesn't outrage you, then I don't know what to tell you. The way I see it, it's still early enough in 2021 to take this year back and draw a line in the sand. Start going out more again. Start asking businesses that are shut down when they will open up. And chances are you'll get one of two answers. Or actually, one of three answers. When the virus is gone... I don't know, or when our governors allow us. You'll probably get one of those three answers if you ask businesses when they're planning to open up again, but ask them anyway. You don't have to be nasty about it, but we've taken enough. I mean, if you like living like this, then that's fine. If you like being robbed of your ability to interact in a normal way with people, that's fine. But don't get upset at those of us who miss life as we knew it, who miss human interaction. Humans are social beings. Individual human beings, occasionally, like I'm a very introverted person, nine times out of ten, I would rather... Be home as opposed to going to the movie or as opposed to going to that event with my friends 
originally, I would have been like, oh, I'd rather stay home, but I probably would have gone anyway. It would depend on my mood. But humans are social beings. We need interaction. We need face-to-face time with people. We need people asking us, hey, how you doing today? Right? I, I can't tell you how much depression and suicide and mental illness has gone on the increase in the last year. How much mental health has um, declined. Because it takes a toll on you. It really does. Um, but I, I encourage us. I want to open uh, this podcast channel with encouraging us to think about getting out there again in, in little ways. And doing what we can to go back to normal. This virus, I said it earlier, I'm going to say it again. This virus has a 99% survival rate, certainly in the high 90s, if not 99. It's certainly above a 95% average of survival. You will be fine if you catch it. So don't be afraid. Um, don't be afraid to be uh, outspoken. Take the masks off. Start shaking hands again. Start giving hugs again. Um, go to the stores again. Um, and let's think about being positive. Let's think about taking this year back and, and seeing events that were canceled last year, things that we missed out on last year, let's bring them back this year. We've taken enough. And with those thoughts, um, I look forward to seeing you next time. And I do thank you very much for uh, listening. And I hope you have a great day.